Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It's been a fun day so far, and it's going to get even more fun. We got Sean Merriman coming up this hour, all the latest news in the NFL. We have an Aaron Rodgers hot take that is just blistering my keyboard. Um, but <laughs> Lots of angry we... people. Oh, she yeah. was angry, my friend. I'll tell you, if I was running for president, I'd have to give up Wisconsin as a swing state. That's well, you'd really happen. have to go back to that $2 milk idea and gas idea. Yes, Although well, that I... was my idea, was West. Milk, milk and gas under $2 a gallon. Everything else I would figure out. But milk and gas under two dollars a gallon. Yeah, I, I, that might get get you over, but I'm not sure what the the average price is. I haven't looked at the seven day on gas mm. and milk there in Wisconsin because it, it might be low enough that you, you know that's not a winning point. You might have to come up with some new bullet points. Well, that's why Wisconsin. They would just play back what I said about Aaron Rodgers, and they would say, "Can we vote for this guy?" And and I'd be done. I'd have to go. I'd have to, I'd say, "Listen, let's not spend any advertising dollars in Wisconsin. Let's pull them all out. All our TV ads. Let's let's go to other markets with them because I'm not going to win Wisconsin after what I said about Rodgers." Well, you might win some other cities over by what you did. So you know, maybe there's that. Uh, but two big stories to, uh, to talk about here for a few minutes. The first one. PGA Championship, uh, Tiger Woods getting set to tee off day two for him, and uh, he already has some work to do. Uh, two under par, he had a really nice day one, even though he played terribly. Uh, you know, he was able to, you know, the old Walter Hagen, one good shot is worth two bad ones, and that's what he did to get to two under par, but already, Hao Tong Lee with a five under day, so the leader right now is at eight under par going into Saturday, so Tiger's got some some time to make up. But there's two big things about Tiger Woods uh, for this weekend, and there, there's a there's a micro point and a macro point to make. And the micro point to make is that he's got an advantage on the rest of the field, or or more so, the rest of the field comes down to him where he normally is at a disadvantage. Tiger doesn't play a lot of golf; he never has. But when he was younger and healthier enough, you could play. 
10 or 15 less tournaments a year than everybody else did, and it didn't matter. But as Tiger's getting older, because he's got to take care of his body more, he's 44, he's not normally playing in nearly as many tournaments. So it's very difficult to suddenly have your game at a major level when you haven't played in a month, because that's what Tiger Woods does. And that's what's made it impossible for him to win tournaments. And you know, he's had the one major that he won. He won the Masters two years ago, which was, hey, that may be the Jack Nicholas winning the Masters at 46, the last major in his in, in his career. But because it's too difficult for Tiger because he can't, you know, he doesn't play enough golf. But no one's been playing a lot of golf. So the advantage that the rest of the field has over Tiger Woods is that now they have to get used to how do we play when, how do I get in, in, in my major game in a rhythm when we haven't played a lot of golf? You know, we came back after taking some time off. We're not playing every single week. And so the rest of the pack is kind of now down at, at Tiger's level of this is the kind of golf we play. Now, Tiger hasn't played a lot of golf either, but again, he normally doesn't play a lot of golf. So that's a big advantage for him is that he's not going against a lot of players who are, hey, we're all playing at such a high level now. So-and-so is coming off of three wins here and, and X, Y, and Z. This is a big thing for Tiger going into the weekend because it's not like everybody is sharper than him and he's got to raise his game that much. It's a little bit more of the leveling of things going on between Tiger and the rest of the pack. Oh, I think to a degree, but I have no doubt guys were getting out on courses. We just didn't have enough drone coverage. Uh, <laughs> There's Brooks Kepler right there. (laughs) (laughs) Just call it what it is. I mean, look, we know basketball players were still getting together to have games and and, and pickups. We know guys that traveled out of state to go and find pickup games. Oh yeah, look, guys were guys were playing. They were they they were getting out there on courses, but you can't make you can't make up for not playing in tournaments. No, not not playing for the longest time and then not playing every single week. You you just can't make up for that as much as you want to practice because you know Tigers are tinkerer. He's hitting he's he's hitting thousands of balls all the time, but you can't make up for for not playing in a tournament, you know, getting out there and practicing. Everybody's practicing. Well and I mean, Tiger, it's also you got a big adjustment to not have thousands of people watching your every move. Uh, and look, he lifted his right arm two inches. Uh, the gallery not stalking him. I don't know if that's a relief or if that adds pressure to things. <laughs> or if you just, you know, you're Kevin Costner and for love of the game, clear the mechanism yeah. kind of thing where it's focused. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I mean, get inside his mind as well. But, yeah, the, the curiosity is – you know how many how many rounds can you have where you have to hit saver after saver and that's what he did yesterday right as you said bad shot and then recovery and well a lot of it is that that that's the history of Tiger Woods that's really the history of Phil Mickelson uh more so he's morphing a little back towards there where you may have to gamble a little bit more uh it's it's fun fodder to watch uh, and watching Tiger chase will be fun, but that distance is too much. So we'll revel in nostalgia for a moment. You know, and that's the thing, too, is that the, the world has changed. And, you know, pre-COVID-19, Tiger Woods was a celebrity who played golf once in a while. Right, that that's kind of what he was. He hit that level of fame where you're just famous for being who you are. But was he a weekly, and was he a a a four times a year threat to win a major? He wasn't anymore. But now that we haven't had sports and and golf ratings are going through the roof, we will embrace greatness again. And if Tiger Woods wins this weekend or he stays in contention all the way through, you'll see what the TV ratings are going to do. And and, and we will all throw our arms around him again and say, yes, we have excellence. We have a bit of normalcy. It's Tiger Woods playing extremely well, just like he used to. We love greatness. We love people doing great things. We love stars doing great things. And we will run back, and Tiger will be more than a curiosity now. You know, Tiger's getting close to the, the Mike Tyson part of his career when it was, uh, can Tyson really win? What's this fight going to be? How good is he going to be? But maybe he can really get in the way back machine and show us how he used to do it. You know, on the, you know, when Tyson was, that's how we thought about him when he was trying to make his his comeback. And Tiger, it's like, boy, Tiger's not the same guy, but boy, maybe he could do it. And we will run to him like we did back in the early 2000s. Uh, from 1996 through 2008, we'll run to him as being the biggest star in the sports world if he wins this weekend and holds on. That's what's at stake for him as well because you know, we're ready for it. You know, we, we've had, we haven't had sports. We haven't had big stars on our TVs in a long time. And now we could see Tiger Woods there. That could be part of it. Oh, we love our superstars. We love our redemption stories. 
and golf ratings are up, right? Folks are excited that that we've got the the continuity there and the and the big hitters, right? We watched uh, DeChambeau break a driver yesterday, so that made a for a great highlight and a great meme running around. A lot of folks going, "Yeah, I've." slam my my club into the ground at some point and shattered things so you know a relatability moment uh as it were the other thing is if it all goes away and all goes sideways he'll go and he'll fight a shark next week in shark week it'll be great <laughs> jason smith mike Harmon, in for doug gottlieb today here on fox sports radio right now someone's writing something down Ooh, that's an idea let me get hey following tyson's footsteps man uh, the other big story today is that if you were expecting to see Zion Williamson play in the bubble tonight for the Pelicans as their playoff chase continues, uh, you would be mistaken. He is sitting out second night of back-to-backs due to rest. That is the only reason given for Zion not playing its rest. There's nothing wrong with him. And the reality for Zion Williamson and for the NBA is a tough one right now because Zion's being treated like Michael Jordan when he broke his foot his second year in the league, where he, when Jordan broke his foot coming back, he would play six minutes one night, and if that went okay, he could play six and a half minutes. Then he could play six minutes and 45 seconds. Then he could play seven minutes. I mean, that's what it was for Jordan his second year in the league coming back. They limited his exposure so much because they wanted to keep him healthy and wanted him to get out of this early career opinion or, or possibility that he was brittle. Let's let him get stronger and used to the NBA game. This is where Zion Williamson's at right now. The Pelicans would be playing him more if they thought he wasn't going to get hurt. I mean, whatever you want to say why Zion's not playing many minutes and why he's sitting out for rest, is it his weight? Yes, we've talked about it for a long time. His weight is the only thing you have to worry about because when you come in as a 19-year-old kid and you're the second heaviest guy in the NBA, you're just going to get bigger. And, it's, and that's going to be something that's about uh, wind and it's about stamina and it's about putting pressure on your knees. The guy's been hurt every year the past three years. Senior year in high school, freshman year at Duke, before the season started this year. So all of these things, if Zion could play and they knew he would stay healthy, the Pelicans would play him more. He would play more minutes. But all of these things go into why. He doesn't have the stamina. He's overweight. He can't play defense. All of these things bow into, but that's the big reason is that he would play more because on offense, look at what the guy's unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, he could, he's going to wind up setting a record for field goal percentage in the NBA by the time it's all said and done. I guarantee you, he can go six of eight without even trying. Right? This, is, this is the kind of talent level he has offensively, but you can't trust he's going to stay healthy. His body is not used to the rigors of the NBA. He needs to get more of the mental aspect of getting in shape and being able to make sure I make I elongate my career. And the Pelicans have basically come out. They may as well put out a press conference saying, we don't care about the playoffs. We care about keeping Zion healthy. May not be, Hey, Alvin Gentry might wind up being the guy that has to you know, uh, face the music for this and lose his job because the, he, he can't get Zion's playing time right. He can't get the Pelicans into the playoffs despite the trade, all the talent they have. But they have said, this is our priority, is his health. We do not care about the playoffs at all. Because here's Zion now who can't play any minutes back-to-back. He played 22 minutes last night. Now he can't play any, any, any minutes tonight because they need to sit him and rest him because they're unsure that he could stay healthy enough to play. I mean, that's the message that's going on right now. That's a big, big red flag about the present and the future for Zion Williamson. Yeah, I mean, as we've watched it flow, you know, he came into the bubble looking pretty lean. I think people were pretty excited about where we were. And then when he left for the emergency and the self-quarantine upon return, everything else, it's a different looking guy, right? Put some weight on. Uh, We've, the societal joke is about the quarantine 15 so i I guess just add him to the list of us uh, that have been defeated in that way and you watch him offensively the explosion is there but they created that burst limit or whatever they were trying to call it uh coin that term last week so you got that flowing and and i guess they saw enough last night to decide well he's he's out and, look, it's a winnable game tonight. So perhaps saying we should be able to handle this without him. We'll see if that's the case uh, as we watch Memphis and Oklahoma City as we speak go to halftime, Memphis with a three-point lead. Uh, and I watched John Morant get hammered to the ground, and it was one of those <laughs> where I moved in my chair about nine inches to the right going, please no, 
get up, please, because he was laying face down after taking a hit. Uh, so it's like, not both rookies. Don't take both rookies. But with, with Zion, there's all of those concerns and questions and the short versus long play that the team has to do. But as we talked with Ryan Hollins a little bit earlier in the show, you know, the great power, great responsibility Spider-Man line comes into play here. There's a lot riding on on this young man's shoulders. And so he, he's got to recognize that. And, you know, uh, I, I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger who so brilliantly said, put that cookie down. <laughs> Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at swollen dome Jason Smith Mike Harmon in for Doug Gottlieb today I mean this is the biggest red flag you could talk about about Zion Williamson right now and the Pelicans are basically saying we don't care about the playoffs and the NBA is going why the hell do we do all this we, we basically we made it. it this way <laughs> we rigged it just to invite you to the play to the bubble what the hell is wrong with you be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Greetings and happy Friday. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon in for Doug today on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Sean Merriman coming your way in about 10 minutes as we had all the latest news from the National Football League. How are players reacting with the opt-outs a day after? Are they ready to play? How is the NFL going to react if they get positive COVID-19 tests? Uh, We got all that and more. Plus, you know, something that's happened over the course of the day today, the past few hours, and uh, look, I I like to say that I couldn't run for president and win Wisconsin, but I really couldn't. It's a Um, final. The, the Aaron Rodgers story this week has been fascinating. You know, it kicks off with him doing an interview uh, with Kyle Brandt uh, from Good Morning Football talking about how he understands his future is not in Green Bay and he's going to be playing someplace else and it's going to happen. And I, I can't get over the fact that, that the people actually think this is going to work out. The Packers would cut Aaron Rodgers if they could. But they can't. Obviously, they owe him a lot of money, and the fan reaction would be insane. So, obviously, they can't. But they could if they would. They took a quarterback in the first round. They traded up for Jordan Love, who is a guy that, is he a generational talent? Is he someone, oh, my God, we had to go up and get him? No. If he was that good, someone would have taken him earlier in the draft. He would have been drafted higher if he had that kind of pedigree. This is more about how the Packers want Aaron Rodgers out. Mainly, it could be Matt LaFleur. Doesn't it butts heads too much with Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers keeps changing the plays, audibleizing. They want to move from re- being reliant on Aaron Rodgers throwing the football into a more balanced offense, kind of like the way the Niners have evolved from we can't really win and lose on Garoppolo's arm, but if we have a quarterback that can make plays and a really good running attack, let's be well balanced. And that's how they're building this team in Green Bay. They are Aaron Jones driven now. This is this is that team. This is what they want to do. They want to move on from Rodgers, and it's not going to be a long, drawn-out divorce. It has been embarrassing for Aaron Rodgers to sit here and have to answer questions. They want to replace you with Jordan Love now. This is not 2005. You know, this is, this is 2020. Things are different. First-round quarterbacks get drafted, and they play right away. It's going to be a minor miracle to get through this whole season with Aaron Rodgers playing and Jordan Love not seeing the field. But after this season is over, Aaron Rodgers will say, it's time for me to go someplace else. He'll figure things out with his contract. Other teams will say, don't worry about it. We can take it. You know, there's going to be many more teams in the market for a quarterback after this year because their quarterbacks this year don't pan out. Could be the Browns, could be the Jets, could be many other teams, could be the Patriots saying, hey, guess what? Hey, come on, Aaron, come play here. Many teams will say, listen, we'll figure it out. We're not paying guys. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get you this year. So Rodgers will find a way out. The divorce is inevitable. And it's not going to be two years of Rodgers being embarrassed because he's working for a team that has said, we are moving on without you. Right? And this is how the Packers do it, right? They did it with Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, where they just muddied the waters for a few months, made for an uncomfortable few months, and then they moved on. And the same thing is going on now. It's going to be an uncomfortable few months with, with Rodgers and, and Jordan Love, and then they're going to move on. They want to avoid a big revolt from the fan base, saying, I can't believe you're, you're turning your back on Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe we're turning our back on Brett Favre. And what are the Packers going to rely on? Well, after some time, we hear Aaron Rodgers talk about how he knows his destiny is someplace else. I'm used to the idea. Now Aaron Rodgers can move on. And in all walks of life, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. This is how the Packers are doing it. They want Aaron Rodgers gone. They would cut him if they could. But they can't, and I get it. So it's going to be an uncomfortable year and then a big Aaron Rodgers victory tour, and he's on a new team in 2021. Well, I'll address the Favre thing in his timeline first by invoking my knowledge and love of the WWF history. Oh, boy. You're going back because you're saying WWF and not WWE. So I know your knowledge is big. screwed Brett. The Mm -hmm. Montreal screw job, okay? That was Vince McMahon's response. And that's exactly what happened there. Stop threatening to retire. Shut up and play football. (laughs) And you might have seen Aaron Rodgers not see the light of day. He might have ended up going somewhere else after two or three years if Brett had just stayed the course. But when we look at Aaron Rodgers, 
I know you love the, you got to play the guy now. Well, he's drafted at the back end of the first round, and he's an unfinished product. And at set 37 years old, about, right, December, mm-hmm. I think, you're also recognizing, well, Tom Brady just switched teams. Childhood, you, you watch Joe Montana have to switch teams. You recognize it's part of the business, and you've had a great run. Would you love to go out with one team? Sure. But the winds have changed. New coach. You don't get to run everything that you wanted to. And, yes, they haven't given you the tools to work forward. And I still say that the biggest thing is the gap between them and the 49ers was far more than, hey, they they just lost a game and were just shy of the Super Bowl. No, they were blown out in that game and dominated from pillar to post. Okay, so it's, they were, it's, but still, this it's not a 3-13 team no, that, no, hey, no, we no. got to start I'm, over. And and this shows you that the Packers care more about moving on from Aaron Rodgers than getting to the Super Bowl because these, clearly you would have taken a guy in the first round to fill a hole. They, they want to win, but they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers more. That's well, kind of how it's going. In the evaluation, you liked Jordan Love enough to say, all right, let's get the future guy now. I still say it's two years. You think it's the end of the year. I, I think they get along just fine enough to keep the dance growing uh, because look at the rest of the division. I'll leave it at that. Let's see what Sean Merriman has to say. Friend of the show, lights out, three-time all-pro <laughs> linebacker with the Chargers and the Bills. What's happening, man? How you doing? What's up, my man? How you doing? What up? Dude, everything is going well. Look, let's start here. Look, you heard our conversation about Aaron Rodgers. How badly do the Packers want to move on from him? Really bad, and, and it's a shame uh, because, you know, he has so much great ball still left in him, and uh, I know he should be upset, but if I was the offensive line, if I was the wide receivers, if I was the defense, I would be more pissed off than Aaron Rodgers is because that, you're telling me by drafting another quarterback right now when you know we need other positions that you're not trying to win right now. You're setting up for the next three to five years, six years, and – you know that makes that that's kind of a dagger for a player because you got to walk in there every day knowing that they're already kind of setting themselves up for the next few years while we're trying to come out there and win right now. So it's a very very uh, disheartening situation that um, that they all got to deal with. Well, the curiosity though is you know how long is it this flow? How much does this weird off season inform things, Sean? Is how quickly you move on from players like an Aaron Rodgers or even for coaches that might not be the perfect fit but this being an odd season how much guys get a pass there's no pass man look is there's no football left to play and um you know like I said before uh as a player and I've been through it too I've sat right there and I'm watching the draft and I watched the Chargers draft Larry English right I'm like oh am I you <laughs> You could have told me I was out here. I mean, you know, right. the guy might never shoot me in text or something. And uh, so, I, you know, I know how that feels. Uh, and, I, and I also understand that the, the organization, at some point in time, they have to move on, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers' case, um, you know, he had some injuries, uh, whatnot, and, and they have to start preparing for the next three to five years as an organization. But when you have a quarterback, when you have somebody at that position who is a Hall of Fame player that can still play – they can still win you a championship, give him what he needs to win now. You'll get bring in a big wide receiver. You'll bring in some you know, some offensive linemen. Get him whatever you need to win now because you still have another two or three great years out of Aaron Rodgers. You can draft a quarterback in two years. Hell, if they wanted to, they could have moved up and grabbed the quarterback from Clemson. You know, I mean you there's so many different opportunities if you want a quarterback that bad to do so. You didn't have to do it in the manner that they did it, and that's that's a little bit upsetting. See, I'm waiting for you to say they could get Tungavailoa after he graduates from Maryland in a couple of years. They could go get him. I saw you tweeting about him earlier today. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can you can do that. I'm just thinking of the obvious who's ready to play <laughs> in the NFL right now. You know, because, look, it, it, the truth is if you're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, right, and we're not talking about just a quarterback there that's just done fairly well of his career. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. The only way to replace him in my eyes, if you're going to move up and draft a guy, if you're going to uh, make a big splash, is to get somebody who can play right now. And, you know, I think they're looking at Love. It's like, okay, let's let's sit him for a year to get him some reps behind Aaron Rodgers, pick up the NFL system, and then play him. But if you typically, if you're going to make a decision to move on from Aaron Rodgers, you better get somebody that's ready to go right now. 
Sean Merriman, our guest here, the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. All right, so, so take me behind this here, Sean, for a couple seconds, is that we had yesterday become the opt-out deadline for NFL players. 69 total. There still could be more if they have extenuating circumstances. Many players are nervous enough that you saw they're opting out. Many players are playing. They're nervous. If you were playing, and you're playing right now in the midst of COVID-19, everything going on, what, what are the emotions you're going through as far as your confidence level in the NFL taking care of everything and you're going to get to go play football? Well, let's put it this way. There's always going to be a concern, right? Um, there's going to be a concern when you go to the locker room, when you go to the gym, when you're sitting in meeting rooms, team meeting rooms, and position meeting rooms. You guys are sitting in a hot and cold tub. Um, you know, you're sitting in the saunas or the, the, the um, you know, uh, certain machines that you use in a training facility. So it, it's going to be going through your mind that there's a, always a possibility of, of, of catching COVID, right, or, or running into it at some point in time during the season. Me, on the other hand, I understand that playing in the NFL is, is a privilege, right? And we don't have a, a long time to play. You don't have as many years. It's not basketball. It's not another sport where you can play 10, 15 guaranteed years. You know, the, the sport is short. So for me personally, if I'm really thinking about my family and taking care of my family, I want to do it in a manner uh, of setting up myself financially for a very long time and setting up for my kids, my kids' kids, for a very long time. So I'm looking at it from that benefit as opposed to uh, coming home and possibly getting someone sick because I'm not worried as a player. For myself, I'm not worried that even if I did catch COVID or something did happen, I'm not worried about me personally. I would be worried if I had a, you know, if my mom or uh, my aunt or some or grandfather, grandmother, someone was living with me. um, I would almost, in a sense, separate myself during the season. I really would. I would, I would basically have a arm's distance with everyone for the whole entire season. If I had to do it that way, just to make sure that everyone uh, or no one got sick, because I understand how fast uh, the NFL goes by and how short-lived your career could be. So I'm like, hey, you know, everybody stay away from me, right? I just came there. Or let me get tested first and let me do this, but do not come around me until everyone is safe. But I'm playing. There's no doubt about it. I'm not opting out. I'm getting my ass from the field, and I'm getting after it. Sean Merriman in his personal bubble. No question about it. <laughs> now, to that end, to that end, the snitch hotline in place. Something tells me that could end really badly among NFL players. <laughs> oh, look, you you know it. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of six nines out there. You know, <laughs> out there uh, snitching away. Uh, but you know, the thing is, it's not even so much about snitching. It's, it's more about um, just just caring for the next person, right? That's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Just caring about not putting yourself in a situation to get someone else sick or do something that's going to cause your teammates or cause you to be away from the game for a few weeks. Um, there's, there's going to be extremely amount of, a big amount of discipline that has to go on over these next uh, six months with the guys. And it's going to be tough because I was always a guy, I like to be out. I like to be around people. I, you know, I would go to restaurants and go to nightclubs. I would go to lounges. I would go in. I, I was always, I mean, I was out around people. So, you know, if, if you had to talk to a 22- or 23-year-old Sean Merriman and say, hey, guys, you can't stay in the house, <laughs> um, you know, I would, I, it, would, it would be tough. It really would um, because that's the whole different, different uh, you know, level of discipline that we haven't, we haven't seen. You know, we haven't seen before, but, guys, for this point and what's going on right now, you, all, you have to. There's no other choice. I just loved in the middle of his answer, Jason. You yeah. could tell that he was flashing back to age 22, 23, 23 Sean you're not it. and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Sean. <laughs> hey, uh, I, yeah, I like, yeah, guys, stay, just stay in the house, right? Just, have, <laughs> just stay in the house and, and, and don't go out anywhere. I'm like, yeah, coach, and I got my earphones in in the team meeting room still. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's like, I'm tracking you on your cell phone. I can see you traveling. I can see you moving as we're talking. <laughs> Uh, so hey, I know you talked to Cam Newton, uh, you know now and then, and, and you we, you know we've talked about that in the past. Him getting ready, getting ready to get signed, but here he is now in New England. The reality is hitting. He's going to get in there, have to go compete for the starting job. How's this going to work out for him there? Well, you know, for one, Cam Newton is a winner, and uh, you know, at heart, and he's being put in a situation where he's going to win even more. Um, and I and I truly am happy for him, man, because he deserves it, and the way. 
uh, he got cut short out of Carolina just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair for um, everything he did for the organization. It wasn't fair how they treated him on the way out, way out because there's a way to do it. Uh, we all know and understand as NFL players, you're going to get cut, released, traded, you know, waived. Something's going to happen at some point in your career. It's just part of it. You know, 98%, 99% of us do and uh, don't have really have a choice on how we want to exit the game, right? Um, so in that part, I'm happy for him because I know he's going to win football games. Now, on the flip side of that, the part that I'm not happy for him for because I, I don't think he's ever going to get his true value and what he's worth after this contract. Um, you know, they have a saying in negotiations, you know, where your people will pay you for what you're worth, right? So if you're willing to accept that, what they're paying you now, someone else, and he can go out and win 12, 12, 13 games this year and be a pro bowl and even be up for offensive player of the year and some big awards. But that next contract, someone's going to say, Hey, you're willing to take, what was it? Seven or eight, eight million, whatever it was. Okay. So let's, let's do uh, 15 million a year, right? Let's double it. And they're going to think that's a, 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 a good contract for him because he just finished getting paid eight, uh, seven. You know, so I would, I would have liked him to, and I know he's going to go to the Patriots to win. He'll be in a successful situation. But I just don't see that big contract coming that is being thrown around to the Dak Prescott's of the world, just being thrown around to the Pascal Mahomes. And you have to put Cam Newton up there in that, in that class. But I, I personally believe that he won't get it now because of what he accepted in New England. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sean Merriman. That is at Sean Merriman. And he's also on Cameo. So now I want to ask you this. Now, since you're on Cameo, I always like to ask people this on Cameo. If I said, listen, I want you to talk about what a great head coach Bill Belichick is for a minute and how much you would have loved to have played for him and you would have been a Patriots guy, could you do it? No, I, I ignore those requests for sure. <laughs> 100%. Long uh, history. You got to listen to the shows. <laughs> hey, how's things going as uh, Lights Out FX as, as trying to get through things with uh, COVID-19, getting ready to have some more events? How's that planning going? Well, it, it, it's really good, man. Um, we were actually planning to start back up before we went back into shutdown mode again. And, um, and look, I understand. I was really upset initially when it happened. But if you, if you look and see the, the death rate and people getting sick out here and the spikes, it's best for all of us, not just the fighters, but the fans that come and watch us, the people, um, you know, our amazing staff who come and work the events, our production team and everybody who come. I think it's the, it's the best thing to do uh, to kind of keep everybody away from it and avoid big crowds until we figure this thing out. Because ultimately, man, everyone's health is, is more important than us having fights. But we got to get going soon, man. I mean, you know, I'm training with the guys still three or four days a week, and I'm around – uh, some of them, and I see them, they're still staying in shape. I mean, hell, I feel like throwing a punch every now and again. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, we'll, we'll, we'll get back up and going to get running to get here soon. Check it out on Twitter, at LightsOutXF. That's at LightsOutXF. And Sean on Twitter as well, Sean Merriman. Lights Out, as always, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. See you, buddy. All right. Boy, I tell you, fire stuff from Sean Merriman. The Packers want to move on, and that is really, really disappointing. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and... 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome inside. Happy Friday. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. Hope you're having a great Friday. PGA Championship, Tiger Woods, uh, some work to do. Teeing off six shots back of the league, Tong Lee. A uh, five-under day on Friday, but Jason Day, uh, who just teed off, now just a shot behind at seven-under. Brooks Kepka at six-under. Tiger has been playing well enough, uh, but he's got a lot of players ahead of him, a lot of talented players ahead of him. Good news is, hey, he hasn't played a lot of golf, neither has everybody else, so maybe this works out a little bit better for him. But as you know, every day at this time, we play the press. <laughs> The Press. All right, Ralph Irvin, what do you have for us today on The Press? Well, Cam Newton has some promising updates on his health. He told reporters today that he is a full go after undergoing foot and shoulder surgery. 31-year-old says he has no limitations at the moment, saying, quote, as far as, I kn- as, far as how I feel right now, I feel amazing. I feel great. Probably not any different from any other person who's in that locker room right now, so I'm extremely optimistic about that. But through it all, it's just putting yourself in the position to be in the best shape and have your body in the best possible situation when you actually need it. End quote. Dab on them, folks. Wow, that sounds like a that sounds like it should be going. So try my new product, Cam Newton TB12. <laughs> this is going to work for you just like it's worked for me. Look, it would be awesome if Cam Newton comes back and is the player he was. But there's just as big a chance he doesn't make it to week one as it is he's a Pro Bowl player. 
I mean, once you get to, to workouts, and look, obviously with no games, maybe he gets a little bit more uh, rope because, you know, who knows what kind of, you know, what kind of season we're going to have here. But the guy hasn't played in a while. He's been dinged up. He's going to be asked to learn a new offense on the fly in a different kind of atmosphere where he's always been enabled and his behavior of not jumping on a football in the Super Bowl and 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 not playing well has always been uh, coddled in in. Carolina. That's not going to happen in New England anymore. It's going to be a big-time rude awakening when he actually gets to the practice field, has to strap the pads on, and the footballs fly for real. It's going to be really difficult for him. I hope he's ready to play, but I, you know me. I've, I've not given up on Jared Stidham as a guy they've said they liked. But if you've got a guy like Cam Newton out there and available, why not play a little keep away too? Because if this once this all settles and he could suddenly do a bunch of, of visits – and he checks out, maybe he ends up on a division rival to uh, push you a little harder. So bring him in the building, and if you can get him right and he's ready to go, great. But I'm eager to see the competition. We have to talk about the elephant in the room. (laughs) What's next, R.I.? Well, recently I know we had fun thinking about the great Lou Saban, and he's not going to be in this discussion, but – Starting next year through the class of 2024, the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection process will always include one coach finalist to go with one senior and one contributor to the regular 15 finalists. Previously, coaches were lumped in with everyone else. So it's almost certain that for the next four years, four former coaches will be inducted into Canton, Ohio. And that's a great thing because the, 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 the mantra has always been the players get in first, right. and, and I get that, and I completely understand that. But to the extent where coaches who have won multiple Super Bowls or had that kind of career, they, they have to wait. Now, the, these are the guys that put in most of the time, most of the effort mentally uh, in the office for 15 hours a day. You, know, you, you can find one really deserving coach to put in every, every, four year, every mm. year for the next four years. You can easily do that. Well, and also the in, informed of – the age and you want to have it be part of the celebration, right? I mean, how often are we bringing in people posthumously? Hey, you know, my dad, my grandpa, whatever. Those are great speeches. I want to hear the stories from the guys themselves. Let's go. Right. I I don't know what this next one says about our our esteemed uh, host today, but Syracuse players refused to practice on Thursday and instead held a series of team meetings, according to Syracuse.com. Some of those meetings included head coach Dino Babers, athletic director John Wildhack. It's unclear what the players are hoping to receive in response to their decision to boycott practice. It does suggest that maybe they're upset with how ACC teams and non-conference opponent Liberty are handling testing procedures. Listen, this is what it is. Syracuse is just so far ahead of everybody, they took a day off. I really, I mean, they listen. We're going to go undefeated. Let's we, we, it would be a very boring season. Let's take a day off and let let's figure things out. Everything is just fine. Well, they'd pick a random good. football movie to watch, or what? <laughs> well, look, the the players are all concerned about coronavirus practices, and and look, let let's get it out of the way now when we're here. How are things going to be for us? You know, they had a couple of players that had to sit out that 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 with positive tests. So this is this is not going to be something that is unique for Syracuse. I see this across the country. Mm-hmm. This all right? We're all here now. Before we really get started, you you got to you got to make sure we're all at ease here because college football has run rampant the past couple of weeks with we're playing and with stories about players having to unite because they're not concerned that the play, the teams are doing right for them. The Colorado State story where allegedly coaches said don't report your positive tests. Players want to be, listen, we're not being taken care of at the top level. Let's make sure you're going to do it here for us. And I think each school is going to go through that. Well, some of it seems also, hey, we've got the, the eyes of the nation are on us. We've got, we can make all our asks now. Uh, but also, as they get on campus, here, give me all your protocols. And if I'm, I'm not happy, I'm out. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Fox Sports Radio, get it on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. And hey, take a look, download our special teams podcast. We take a look back at a big year, big teams in sports every week. Uh, it's on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio app. Mike and I have a lot of fun doing it. Ambush at Mile High is our episode this week. We'll talk to you on Monday. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.